Hey guys, these are all new topics we're talking about here um, and a lot of the underlying items here are constantly changing and they may or may not apply to you. So please seek advice uh, from a professional uh, as to whether these items pertain to your personal financial situation or not because they may or they may not. So please seek professional advice before exclusively relying on this. Uh, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. I'm very excited because we got some family on today. Yeah, I love it when fam comes on. All right. <laughs> um, today we have Caitlin and Roger Bebout. Um, they are the... Uh, Roger is the owner and partner of Balarski and Bebout CPAs. They have more than 30 years of serving clients throughout Northern California and are focused on providing exceptional client service paired with personal attention and accessibility. I did look at your profile on the website, Roger, and it does say that you have an unforgettable laugh, which I that is definitely, <laughs> definitely, I'm glad that you guys like put that on that the website. That is so true. Because it is. It's such a great laugh. We always get a kick out of it. Um, but we met you through Caitlin, who's Alex's sister. sister. So yeah. Welcome and, to the show, y'all. And Caitlin is the marketing manager and um, I believe Roger said earlier, the... Uh, doer of all things. Doer of all things, yes, <laughs> for Belowski and Bebout. So. The real talent behind behind the firm. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the pod, Caitlin and Roger. Yay. Hi. <laughs> Roger, hey, say something. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Um, Glad get, to have you here. Should we get started with Wednesday Wisdom? What you got? Yeah. Um, well, we, I, I think I might be stealing Corey's with Wednesday Wisdom, but Corey discovered this podcast um, that's called Dirty John. Have you all heard of it? Ooh. No. Yes. It's so Roger, crazy. you have? Yeah. Yep. Dirty have you John's, listened to it? Yeah. The story about the guy in LA. Yeah. yeah. So Caitlin, this guy, it's about this guy, a con artist who cons this wealthy woman who lives in orange county um to marry him in less than three months and then it just like shit hits the fan and it just goes crazy and they also made a show about it that's on netflix and Corey listened to the podcast i have not listened to the podcast but we just burned through the show and it's it's unbelievable but because i know it actually happened it's believable it's insane but Highly recommend watching it or listening to it. Yeah. It's only if you like murder crazy. stuff though. But it's not murdery. It's just more mystery and I mean oh. things happen, but good. dang, it's crazy. And it's yeah. also really sad that that like happens to people in real life and right. so your Wednesday wisdom is to watch the show. My yes, my Wednesday wisdom nice. is to watch the show and I hear the podcast is good, but I can't speak on the yeah. podcast. My Wednesday wisdom is to Foster a puppy because they're so flipping cute. Um, we are fostering. This is our third, fourth. fourth foster dog, and she's such a sweetheart. And they really bring like a fun little energy into the house, even if they're super frustrating, which happened to us earlier this, today. But she's doing so good, and she's so smart. It's fun to it's fun to have a dog or an animal for just a short period. It's of not time. yours, yeah. I think a lot of people, when you say that you're fostering, they're like, oh my gosh, how could you not just like fall in love and want to keep them all? But I, you know, it's, we're acts of service kind of people, if you know the love languages. Um, 
And it just seems like such a nice act of service to do something for this animal. Yeah, like train them up before they get their forever home, you and know? And then, yeah, you just pass them on. And we have Shelly, who's on my lap right now, which I hope she does not bother us during this podcast, but we will see. <laughs> How about you two? Caitlin, you got some wins- wisdom for us? <sighs> I think we have lost her temporarily. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll i'll jump in here with wednesday with yeah, yeah so it. you know it, it's less of a light uh, less of a lifelike uh wisdom and more of just practical to what we're dealing with here as accountants right now and uh just so everyone knows that uh the uh federal government has changed the uh, unemployment income uh to be non-taxable for the first ten thousand two hundred dollars i know a lot of people wow. have been really really adversely affected during the pandemic and a lot of industries are still you know being uh kind of clamped down uh to you know continue preventing the spread and um so anyone that was adversely affected and um, resulted in having to get unemployment income the first ten thousand two hundred dollars is non-taxable to the irs that's great that's awesome i did not know that yep a lot of people didn't know that wow yeah very cool I guess then to add to that, that the federal um, tax deadline was extended to May 17th. I'm not sure if everyone saw that as well. Also did not know that either. (laughs) Very good for those that are (laughs) filing. But that doesn't necessarily mean for your state tax filing. Mm. But Roger, Roger does have some insight on that to keep an eye out for, right, Roger, on how that would affect your filings. Yeah, uh, you know, most states go off federal AGI. So the fact that uh, all states are, you know, taking a little bit of time to announce their conformance to to that deadline extension, it's kind of silly because, you know, their taxable income is predicated on federal taxable income. So hopefully all states uh, do a little bit more proactive communication of their adherence here soon. Wow. wow. I feel like you also have to have a law degree in order to be a CPA. Cause like, I feel like a ton of it's law, which like we'll probably kind of get into here. Maybe you can speak a little bit to that. Like, you know, you had talked a little bit about before we started recording how like sometimes when you're talking about these things, they can be eye glazing, but you seem to be like extremely passionate about this. Even when I first met you, like, how did you get into becoming a CPA? Like what kind of, what gets you excited about going to work every day? Cause you are the yeah. owner and partner of this firm. So you clearly are very invested and in, like into it. How did this come uh, How'd that all come about? Yeah, you know, uh, you're absolutely right. I, I, I couldn't say, uh, I, I, or I guess I absolutely love what I do. I am extremely passionate about what I do. Um, it's, it couldn't be a better marriage, you know, with my, my, my work and my passion. Um, how did it come about? That's a very long, um, journey, I would say, you know, um, you know, we're, we're sitting here in a current pandemic um, and the economics of, you know, the United States and the foreseeable future are questionable. You know, we don't know what way the wind's going to blow. Um, that happened, you know, a little over a decade ago as well uh, with the Great Recession when we right. had the housing bubble boom and collapse. And I was supposed to graduate college right during that collapse. And, oh, wow. um and I, I could not, for the life of me, find a job. I, I mm. could not even find an internship. It was just such a difficult, uncertain point in, you know, America's economy. 
that I, I had to figure something out and what was I going to do? Um, and what I did is I stayed in school and the school was so impacted because so many people were going to school because the economy was bad that they said, well, if you graduate, you have to go to grad school. And I wasn't, uh, ready to apply for grad school yet. So what I did is canceled my, uh, graduation application. So I'm not graduating. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm just gonna, yeah. So what I did is I did a second degree and that's when I got a degree in accounting and I just oh, did it wow. because, yeah, <clears throat> sorry, excuse you. I, I did it just cause I had to, you know, try and try and kill a little bit more time and, and find an option opportunity in, in the economy. Ultimately, it took me another year to get an accounting degree, um, and I graduated and went into finance, which was my first undergraduate concentration. Um, and I worked as a private equity analyst for several years. Okay. And private equity is a uh, very small uh, group of investment asset class uh, in, in the financial sector. And so it's, it's, it's kind of like a really rare animal. You know, you don't find them very, you don't find it uh, all over the place. It's, it's so, so going from one private equity firm to another wasn't easy, especially in Northern California. My options were kind of Boston, Massachusetts, New York, or some opportunities down in San Diego. And I feel like half I of just, our friends in New York are private equity. Yeah, oh yeah, gosh. exactly. Well, we used to, yeah. we used, I used to teach at a gym in, in, yeah, right next to the financial district. And Corey used to come there um, to work out. So, yeah, all, all the finance like, bros. So many of our friends are, yeah. And then it yeah, also, it, like, it got to the point where they would tell me what they, like, they learned to stop telling me what they do. They're like, I just work in finance. I'm like, cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's kind of where, that industry really exists and, 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 and prospers uh, as far as, you know, plenty of uh, actual private equity industry activity. So I had to make a hard shift and I said, okay, what's available to me? And that's when I realized, you know what? I have a degree in accounting. I could try that. And I did. I took a entry level position at a regional CPA firm, which was formerly called Perry Smith and um started as an auditor and that's you know i transitioned i hit the ground running you start with zero knowledge um and yeah. you just learn as you go um and and that's exactly what i did and that firm got acquired by a national firm called crow and you know for the first several years of my career there it was um really challenging like anyone that goes into public accounting they you know especially in audit you know you're at the bottom of the totem pole as a, an associate staff and you get sent all over the united states um to all the good armpits of our country uh <laughs> you know on new year's eve or christmas day or thanksgiving you'll get oh, sent gosh. somewhere to do to do an inventory count of like tires in a frozen, you know, <laughs> field in Minnesota. Oh uh, my you know, gosh. that's, that, that's the beginning of your career. And, and, uh, outside of, you know, the general accounting knowledge and, and financial knowledge, you start to accumulate over time. And yeah. so I went from a large national firm, uh, to a regional firm cause I was traveling a lot. And, uh, this is, man, this is about the time I, Caitlin and I, um, 
can't, well, I guess I skipped over the whole fact that I met my wife at that <laughs> accounting firm. <laughs> I zoomed right past that. Okay. Uh, so I did meet my wife at that public accounting firm, which is one of the best life-changing events that ever happened. So yeah. um, in, in, insert that there. Uh, Caitlin, do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> oh, Caitlin. You're muted. <laughs> Hi, I was in a marketing role um, at Perry Smith and then when we were acquired and became Crow um, and I helped with the transition through the acquisition. So I was often engaging with the everyone in the firm that was on the accounting side and tax side. So I was introduced to Roger by my boss. Um, when, uh, I don't know, she, she was just taking me around to meet a lot of people. Um, and then, uh, yeah, our journey started from there and I stuck around at Crow, um, when then he left for the regional accounting firm, but yeah, we were, I think engaged at that time, right? Yes, we were engaged by that. Yeah. No, no, we didn't get engaged when we worked together. Okay. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's a unique story in itself. We can, we can go into that bag of worms later. <laughs> um, well, we can do that on the next episode. Yeah. 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 So, um, so then I went from a big firm to a small firm. And that's when I, you know, realized you, you think at a big firm, you're very technical, you're very competent because everyone around you really specialized and really smart at what they're doing. And then you right. go to a small accounting firm that really focuses on the true meat and potatoes of America, which is small business, you know, and right. you realize like, oh my God, the service is much more end to end. I'm not just working on one giant corporation's tiny section. You know, I have to do yeah. from start to finish and that's where my knowledge has to be. And so I realized like, oh my God, I thought I was hot stuff and really smart, but I wasn't. I, I was, I was really specialized in a few couple items, but then I was just completely fish out of water when it came to like, full service, you know, all, all of the above for small business. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so that was a whole new learning procession in my career uh, uh, and absolutely loved it. And um, I did that for several more years and I just like would daydream night and day about owning my own accounting firm. I just couldn't, mm. I would talk my, you know, coworkers ears off. They would think I'm crazy. That like literally crazy because I talk about it every single day, and it, and it, you know, and it it almost became a sickness. And so, um, Caitlin and I uh, had a you know our our first born on the way, or or when when was no? It was right when he was born. When our baby mm -hmm. was born, I quit my job. I said I can't take this anymore. I understand. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I just can't do it anymore. I, I, you know, I understand I have a, a baby and everything, but I got to go do this. I have to get out there. I have to hang out my shingle and figure this out and build up a, an accounting practice. And I did. I just, you know, no plan, nothing, no clients, nothing, and just quit and went and did it. Did Good you like, you. I mean, that's amazing. Did you like have people like did you already have like a team in mind that you'd been kind of slowly breaking down at the office every day that you're talking about this like were there were you, did you have like a because that i'm big on team building and like i'm my team and i are like very close and we're all pretty tightly 
bound did you like have a team picked out or was it just you and caitlin like uh no, nothing literally solo <laughs> it was practi- just you yeah solo mm-hmm. practitioner and then you know it's I, I was an auditor really um and it's not like you roll out and just get audit clients by yourself so i had to go after tax i had to go out and start a different service than i'd ever done before to make this yeah. happen mm. um and, and, and just is that is that because because everett your first son was born in like we'll just say right at the beginning of the year because his birthday is um new, new year's, year's eve, eve. Right? Mm-hmm. yes so was that because it was like approaching tax season that you said well i just gotta jump on this bandwagon because that's where everyone's heads at right now or was it because uh, it's a really like- good question that's a really good question and i wish i had even that little you know amount of <laughs> well, meditation well but- i mean the the benefit of being a full service firm where we offer audit and tax and that roger it has the skills and knowledge in both is that even just the sales cycle for a tax client is shorter mm-hmm. than audit audits. Um, it's a very long engagement. It's a lot about relationship building. Um, and so the time frame of when, um, if you target a new client and then when you're actually doing their audit is could be a year, maybe wow. even more. So tax clients, as you know, like, um, kind of starts in January it's business deadlines, March 15th, individual April 15th. And it's just a faster sales cycle. So right. mm-hmm. as far as breaking into that industry, I would say it's a little bit not easier. It's just, um, yeah, no, but that's, that's the correct term. Yeah. It's easier. You, you can start getting clients. If you start with nothing, that's an area that you can start procuring business and build it gotcha. up. Whereas like, going after audit clients yeah it's that would be really hard to do to immediately start making income gotcha. um you know and and i had like uh, truthfully i hooked up with kind of like a stranger my a, a dentist of mine or a dentist friend of ours you know was one of my very first clients and he introduced me to another cpa that where his wife went to his dental office and she was griping about how her husband needed to retire and blah 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 and he's like, well, I know somebody that's trying to, uh, to take off. And so connected us, you know, I didn't necessarily acquire his firm, but he let me like rent a corner of his office. Oh, there you <laughs> so, go. You know, I put up a desk, you know, I bought my computer and he, they would push a, a couple clients over to me and they like kind of helped nudge me, you know, and here I am. And also, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, shit, I don't know what I'm doing but I'm doing it. And, you know, thank God there's this person right here that, you know, I have to ever so subtly ask questions, uh, but pretend I know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause you're, you're learning as you go and you're learning the, all this new tax law and how yeah. to even use a tax software, you know, and it was, it was oh. insane, but you know, I just worked at it as hard as I possibly could and, and just picked it up as quick as possible and, 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 and did. And, and it That's all, so you crazy, know, man. I mean, I have a friend, so I have a, my my um my my company's insurance agent and my company's tax accountant and my company's lawyer are all personal friends of mine, mm-hmm. and like they they were all like so gracious and generous with like giving of their knowledge, you know, of like hey, mm-hmm. like we're friends, don't think I'm dumb, right? Can, can I ask you this question, like business business to business, you know? So I mean, yep. I I get that, but um. 
the scrappiness of you know renting out a little space i i can i can definitely uh understand that i'm i mean yeah. were the, was the first like were there at, were there any points when you were first starting out where you're like what have i gotten myself into i i'm not qualified for this like any um, kind of regret other, or did you than, always know it was going to work no i i mean you don't have a choice you don't think like you, there's no there's no backing out right you just pull <laughs> force forward that you you can't even second guess you just got to figure yeah. it out you got you got to get the clients you got to make the money you you got to go and so yeah. you know i there, there wasn't ever a time where i could reflect and be like did i make the right decision <laughs> yeah just <laughs> At that the point, metal. it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't yeah. matter just keep going get it get it done all right. Well, so, I mean, I'd love to get into kind of the nitty gritty of your work. You can, said, can I ask oh, a question sorry, real ahead. fast? Yeah. Um, I would, I'm interested to hear what it was like at the beginning of the pandemic. And both of you can speak to this because the pandemic hit a month before taxes were due. And we obviously we know that it was pushed. Um, the deadline was pushed, but I'm curious as to if that kind of halted work mm -hmm. for you or if because mm -hmm. it was right around tax season that it accelerated work for you yeah what was no, that like? uh, please allow me to take the stage here um <laughs> so uh i bought an accounting firm i you know i scrapped stuff together i worked for a year um and then i finally targeted and purchased a cpa firm and it, it was a, a reasonably sized CPA firm. I had three employees um, and I bought it in July of, uh, of the year. Now, just so you know, your tax season, where you make all your money, your revenue occurs January through May yeah. um, as far as taxes go. And then so you buy an accounting firm, you give someone all your money in July and there's really little to no earnings. There's a little bit of extension season, but then you got to make it to the next tax season. And so mm -hmm. I was, you know, I worked as hard as I could at, you know, at, at, to make sure I could make payroll for that whole period of time. And that first tax season for me was going to be 2020. Um, oh, wow. and, 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 and so here I am just making it, barely making it, barely making it. Um, as far as, you know, covering all costs, I'm new, uh, you know, I haven't had a big revenue season yet and, um, gearing up tax season starting. This is great. This is fantastic. Um, we're, we're finally going to be, you know, it, it, uh, profitable and, and I'm going to be able to breathe. I'm going to have money in the bank. I'm not going to worry as much about any of this. Um, and then COVID <laughs> comes about. But not well. Actually, let me back up a, a, a little bit there. Uh, my wife calls me on um, March third, telling me that she is going to uh, the hospital because her one month checkup didn't go well. And um, oh my god! So all of a sudden, uh, she's there in the hospital, and she's she's nervous and stressed out because she has our son with her, and he's just in a in a stroller while she's laid down and they're monitoring our baby's heart. He had a heart, high heart rate issue. Well, yeah. you know, let's fast forward. She, she, uh, she gets admitted and she's, um, there, there is a problem with our, our son's heart. And so there's an emergency C-section and then there's continued issues and stay after that. So basically all of March of 2020, I'm, you know, at the hospital, um, helping in any way I can with my wife while we're going through this. 
Um, while simultaneously COVID has taken form in March of 2020, mm -hmm. and you know I'm losing some of my staff um, because they're you know I had an older gal, and then I had another person that said they had you know a, a immunocompromised issues, and so and, and I had someone that just went to go work for another practice. Um, yeah so it's Oof. like here here we are you know we're like excited like okay great we're gonna be able to do this uh first year we're gonna make money and you go through a couple hiccups and you know uh it was a very trying time we got through it successfully we're fine we're whole you know we're we're doing just fine uh but it was a very trying time yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. you, you know you're waiting for that first break and right when it's supposed to get there a couple other events transpired, you know, so yeah. it was an interesting period of time. Um, and, you know, really all, all your traditional tax preparers would say, ah, I hate it when they extend the deadline. It makes for a longer tax season. But for me, I couldn't have been more thankful for that extra time because oh, if yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even think about yeah, that. If, if that extension didn't occur, I would have just, I mean, the very first tax season of my, you know, full ownership would have failed. And so it's, wow. you know, it's such a weird, peculiar situation to be thankful for a series of events like that. And I don't want to say I'm thankful for a series of events like that, but it, it, it yeah. you know, all things considered, it, it was, it was a nightmare of a time. And I'm so glad that I got a, a little bit of a extension there because yeah, there was a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. Dang. Dang. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely have been some blessings of, this pandemic and yeah. I think some positive things. So I'm glad you were able to benefit a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I kind of want to get into some of the, the work that you do. Um, well, I have two, like two main ones that I'm kind of interested in and then we can kind of spin off from there, but um, specifically for freelancers. Right. So like I, I have my company and we have, you know, um, guaranteed owner payments going out to everyone and in, in the LLC mm -hmm. of my staff. And then I have a shit ton of freelancers. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what, what's coming down the pipeline for freelancers. I mean, especially in California, um, in, in, and as it pertains to their earnings and taxes and mm -hmm. like, what, mm -hmm. what are they kind of entitled to with this new pandemic, uh, yeah. aid relief package? I'd love to just hear where you think the state of play is for freelancers of all times. Yeah. Yeah, well, you mentioned the state of California, and the state of California threw a little wrench in the whole system for freelancers and um, con quote, quote unquote contractors there for a little bit. There was a uh, Supreme Court precedence ruling on a case called Dynamex, which was for the trucking industry. And, and, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no problems. And, and so that that Supreme Court ruling essentially um, increased the requirements on, uh, you know, contractor designation and, and added some extra stipulations um, regarding what what has to be in place to co properly classify an employee as a contractor. And so right. that created an issue for a lot of people in the industry um, that maybe there would be, you know, let's say uh, for um, you know, a filmography company, but they do contract out a video editor, but they have video editors employed by their business. Well, then the argument of the um, ABC ruling would say, well, if you're doing the same work and you're hiring someone to do that work, that, that doesn't work. That breaches these new rules. They can't be stipulated as a contractor. So that, that, that rattled industries um, pretty oh, the good musicians. I know that musician. I have a bunch of musician friends in California that were all kinds of up in arms about it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and hairstylists, like in a hair salon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, you know, there's a lot of industries where you just kind of said, well, wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, you know, that's still it's still murky. They put a stay on that law for specific industries. And, like, the one thing that was on California measures this last voting cycle was, you know, to allow gig – what do they call it? Gig workers gig, yeah. uh, to, to be stipulated as contractors. So that uh, – that that essentially puts a stay on a part of the law and anytime you put a stay on a portion of the law well you've got to beckon the question well how can they be exempt but everyone else is not you know and the one industry the trucking industry that the case was surrounding immediately got to stay on this law so it's just one of these really confusing things that's like what is going on yeah but i digress you know let's let's move <laughs> past so the you know, contractors okay yeah so that's just what whether or not you're designated contractor now say you are a con you you are a contractor and and we're working and we're making money there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that uh you you that come into play there um now if we talk about pandemic related items um sole proprietors is t- your your typical legal structure of a contractor most people do it as a sole proprietor and they file what's called a schedule C. Um, mm-hmm. Some people may incorporate as an LLC. Um, if you feel like you're doing something as a contractor where you should probably, you know, shelter yourself from a little bit of risk. Um, maybe you're selling consumables or something like that. Um, or, you know, you have your personal assets, your home, and you don't want someone to sue you at your place of business and try and, you know, um, get a settlement out of your personal assets. Like, so that's, right. that's legal structuring. That's a whole conversation in itself, but right. the PPP came about and sole proprietors were able to apply for, um, PPP relief funds. And the equation is, um, say you were a sole proprietor and your net income was a hundred thousand dollars or more, you would max out the eligible PPP. Um, and so your PPP fund loan eligibility came out to be approximately $21,000. So that was something right. that was made available to um, sole proprietors. Unemployment is typically not available to uh, sole proprietors, but I do know the state of California made it so. So that was an okay. adjustment they made early on that made sole props eligible for unemployment benefits because there's so much um, gotcha. adverse effect from the pandemic. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been crazy. Just, I mean, a lot of people. I know, I mean, the film industry out here was kind of destroyed. Music, restaurants, all of that stuff. And I know it's bad yeah. in California too. Who, because California and New York were both like super harsh on the lockdowns. So yeah, I'm just yeah. curious about about how that how that affects people. What what kind of advice would you give uh, freelancers who are confused about what they're entitled to or how they should kind of proceed with uh, this like big stimulus package? I guess that just came about. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, if, 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 so if it's a freelancer and they don't have an employee, your means would have been the PPP funds, whatever unemployment that was available to you. There was an EIDL grant um, that was a per person grant and, and it, it was like $1,000 a person. So you could have got another $1,000. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I had earlier mentioned that unemployment being non-taxable um, for the first Mm $10,200, um, you know, so there's, there's those items going on. Um, and there's, there's more prod, you know, more programs coming to fruition and changes to existing programs, like constantly, um, this year, uh, tax law changed mid tax season and for that unemployment attribute on March 11th, 
Um, and so you got to think like, okay, how many Americans have filed a tax return that had unemployment this year? And then all of a sudden the tax law changed on March 11th, you know? Yeah. So what does that mean? Uh, yeah, I, I, we just talked to our account about that. I was yeah. like, so talk yeah. to me about this because I, I waited to file until after yeah. the big yeah. the stimulus because I was like, what's going to happen with all the, like, what are they going to do if they're doing it through reconciliation? They're going to have to change something that's already, and I, mm -hmm. and I had a feeling mm -hmm. that that's what they were going to do. So I'm yep. glad that they did. Yeah. Alex yeah. actually had a well, question regarding this. Go ahead, yeah. Roger. Did you, you want to finish your thought? Well, and I was going to say, and you had um, the, the stimulus payments themselves. And, yeah. you know, there was a lot of issue with that. Some people got it. Some people didn't. And then some people are like, well, did I just miss the boat? Um, the answer to that is they made them refundable tax credits. So if you right. never got a stimulus payment, but you were eligible, when you file your tax return, we put like that you didn't receive it. And then you'll get it as a refundable tax credit. Yeah, I have yeah. a friend who made too much, and so his account's like, open up a Roth IRA, do X, Y, and Z, yep. invest some money, yep. and then you'll get your, then we'll get you there. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. So, so by deferring his income, he reduced his income, and then he was below that um, phase out threshold, and he got the money. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's exactly. a yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm curious if you have any other. Like at the beginning, both of you said, you know, the, the there's an extension. And as Caitlin mentioned, it might be different for your state. So check with that. Um, <clears throat> because it is tax season and because this was such a strange financial year for everyone, I'm wondering if, and Caitlin, you seem to also have lots of knowledge on this, so feel free to jump in. Um, if there's anything that the average Joe might not, or um, Josephine... <laughs> Um, if they might not know some benefits that they could be getting from um, doing your taxes. Yeah, I think it would be, uh, you know, just to reiterate that the, those stimulus payments that um, are available, if they didn't receive it, they will get the money by filing as a refundable credit. So that's that's one thing. Um, I'm not. So even if they didn't get, so you're saying even if they didn't get the stimulus check from filing, they would get that money like a re like a refund. Yeah, exactly. So say your income la in nineteen and twenty was fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, but you never mm -hmm. got a stimulus payment, and you went online, you put your information on at the IRS website, updated your direct deposit information, whatever you know, you tried to get it, and you just didn't mm -hmm. get it, right? And you're like, yeah. man, did I, did I just not get stimulus? Like what happened here? Well, you, you, we would stipulate that you received no stimulus payments on your tax filing, and then you would get those stimulus payments as a refundable credit. So, gotcha. yeah. Yep. Got it. That's, wow. That's good to know. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another um, thing I, I think, um, and it was part, I mean, you guys may have seen it, but, um, John Oliver did an entire episode online for like TurboTax and all the tax software platforms that offer tax services online for people that like to go and prepare their own taxes, um, how they all had free forms of that tax piling service, but they were like <laughs> navigating uh, people that were searching for the free pl tax filing platforms to their normal paid for service websites. <laughs> so, yeah. and, you know, if, if some people were like, man, TurboTax is costing me a couple hundred bucks still, you know, there is technically at like a free form of TurboTax available. I, I can't navigate you directly to it, 
but they do exist. So if people are like thinking, man, I, you know, this, this, even TurboTax is costing me. There's completely free services out there by oh, those yeah. service providers. Yeah. Um, Caitlin, are, were there any other like tips or things that you can think of that people might need to know going into tax season since we just had this strange year? Oh, gosh. I know um, we recently put out a few blog posts and the um, tax return was one of them. Um, Roger, you did mention the other day they extended something with the PPP loans. Is there money oh, yeah. still available uh, for people yeah, to apply to? Is. Yeah, the application date just got extended for two more months. So this PPT, PPP2 round um, is still available. So banks are still accepting applications. Um, and then I think uh, the sole proprietors that apply for PPP funds, they, and, and I'm not so technical on my knowledge here, but they were originally going off net income a sole proprietor would make. So that's after expenses, you know, after depreciation, the sole prop had. That bottom line is what they're calling income and dividing by 12, multiplying by 2.5 to get to their PPP eligible funds. They right. changed it to another line on Schedule C that is closer to um, uh, like gross receipts. Or it's, I, I don't think it's gross receipts, but they, they changed where they can take income from on a Schedule C sole proprietor. So that I, you know, I, I wish I could regurgitate the exact rules on that, but I know it's better for sole prop. They can get access to a little bit more funds now. That's great. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you, you mentioned it, but I, um, the accountant that does our taxes, he started working, we started working with him when we got married because we were like, I don't want to do anything wrong. This is a new way of filing. <laughs> Let's just have a professional do it. And now I will never go back to doing my own taxes because it's a whole nother language. And Caitlin, I'm very impressed with your knowledge of everything that Roger does because it's not your main source of income. You do have your own career. You're not a, a CPA. So I'm mm -hmm. very impressed. Um, <laughs> well, like you said, he is very passionate about this as well. Yes. So he will talk yes. his mouth off all night if I let him on. I mean, like, but there's new yeah. accounting, tax laws, you name it. Yeah. And I'm sure working for the company is also um forces you to to learn things. Yeah, and I and I've been in the accounting industry since 2010, I think. Wow. So, yeah. A long time now that Yeah. Yeah, I probably should know more, but you know, <laughs> I picked up a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Just having to be the facilitator of getting out our services and mm -hmm. um, yeah. reaching our yeah. clients. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask one more. Uh, what I was gonna say was, um, since I, I like, I'll never go back to doing TurboTax or like H and R Block or anything like that. Like, let a professional do it for me, and I, I give all of my like dancer friends and freelancer friends our accountant's number because I'm like, he has found so many ways to give get us money back, and he's just so so great, um, and. A lot of people, as you said, like, it's costing me so much money. Like, why am I spending all this money to do that? What do you feel like the pros and cons are of going to a firm like yours or doing mm -hmm. it yourself, TurboTax, mm -hmm. 
route? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, I, it, it, I would say it boils down a little bit more to how you earn your income and what you got going on. Mm. Um, if, if you're working for a company and you have a W2, um, and that's about the extent of the complexity of your personal finances, go use TurboTax. There's no reason to pay, <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's no reason to pay a professional cause they can't move the needle. They just can't. You're right. a W2 compensated individual. Mm-hmm. You, you, you may itemize, you might standard use a standard, there's no movement, you know, it's, it is what it is. Now, like for you and Corey, you both, you know, I, I don't even know if you have W-2s, I think you're both doing your own thing. And so you both have your own small business and you have income and you have expenses and you have things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is where, uh, you know, a little bit more aptitude, it goes a long ways. So and yeah. that, and that's what it is, you know, like, there's there's just so much that once you're you're self-employed um that comes into play um or maybe you you know something maybe you have an investment account and it has a lot of activity i would say "Mm, don't do you know you can go for it but i get a lot of people that come in the door that screwed up a giant brokerage statement you know input on their stock sales and so yeah um stuff like that or you're a partner in different partnerships um so um, yeah. or, or receiving multiple K-1s from pass-through entities. It's just like if you if you have a little bit of complexity to your filing, um, I would say that's the value proposition. You know, yeah. that's that's where you want to go to someone that, you know, is a professional um, or you're, you're a business owner yourself. There is a, it's a whole new world. Um, and and that, that's where there's a lot of value uh, for working with a, a professional. Um, your your yeah. CPA over, over the t- tenure of your relationship will easily have paid for all the costs you incurred using them. Dude, yeah, and peace of mind. Yeah. Like, peace of mind <laughs> is so crazy, and I'm sure that you get this a lot from your clients, but, like, I, I always tell my account, I'm like, you're going to have to explain everything to me like I'm five. <laughs> like, I am a creative. I don't mess with numbers. Like, and he's like, cool. Okay. You have a lemonade stand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. um, but he's, he's just really great about like, okay, we're going to, we're going to spend 30 minutes on the phone about the business. And we're going to spend 30 minutes on the phone about your personal taxes. Most of which is easy. Cause he has all of my information there. And then it's like, boom, yep. boom, boom. And then a week later, he's like, I've set everything yep. up for you. And Alex yep. and I are like, cool, let's go have a glass of wine outside. And like, yep. you know, yep. Yep. The, the peace of mind that comes from that is so important. And I'm sure that that's why your customers kind of keep coming back. Cause it's like, yep. It, the, the services pay for themselves over time. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So who does the B-Bouts taxes? <laughs> uh, you know, is that, that old saying, the cobbler's son has no shoes. <laughs> I had a feeling that you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we're the last, the last person to get their taxes. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I just, I, I might have even just paid some late filing penalties, and uh, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we it's, put our clients like the first. <laughs> that yeah, there is you go. Good customer service. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna ask just a quick question about the forensics portion of your um, yeah. business because i'm so fascinated by what that because you hear forensics and you're like oh dead yep. people yep <laughs> like yeah. which i'd imagine yeah. that's not really what you do but maybe yeah I, what is the forensics portion <laughs> of what you do so so it has you know let's um let, let, 
there, there's different services. So, you know, there's, uh, let's say, expert witness testimony. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a professional and I know taxes really well. I know personal finances really well. And there might be a dispute and, and they call me in to, you know, be an expert witness to testify on behalf of, you know, the factual aspects of a case. Gotcha. Um, that, and so there, so stuff like that. And you can be an expert witness testifying on forensic evidence you have put together. So someone came to me, um, say it's a divorce and they had a business and um, post divorce, the husband was supposed to pay the wife based upon earnings from the business. But wow, surprise, surprise, the business has failed for five years straight. Um, and, and it's just because he's pulling money out and not keeping the books properly and committing fraud. So he doesn't have to pay the ex. Um, and, and so he, wow. he, stuff like that happens. And then we subpoena all the financial records. We put together a proper accounting and we have that evidence and we go to court and testify on behalf of those financial records um, that we've substantiated by, you know, the actual financial institution evidence. So stuff like wow. that. Wow. I'm going to full circle this for a moment. As you just said that, I had the thought of Dirty John because they were married. <laughs> because they were married. Yeah. Like, was she fucked because of all his yeah. debt and everything? Dang, or was um, that F like word. forgiven? You said the F word. I think it goes as like a timing matter, right? If he procured that debt before they were um, yeah, married, I... then she, you know, um, she, she wouldn't be responsible for his finances incurred prior to their to uh, yeah exactly and then furthermore Dang. there's I, I can't remember the legal term but there's also like uh god it's like um like uh, un uninformed spouse or victim spouse i can't remember mm. the legal yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I, I know what you're talking uh, about yeah yeah yeah. Dang. yeah. Yeah. I just had that ping pong thought in my brain. <laughs> oh, that poor woman. Did she have to take on all of his financial burdens? And so like, right, and, no. <laughs> I mean, so, so I have a lot of my clients are in real estate and I know that real estate law is a little bit crazy. How did you kind of like, so like you had mentioned, like you got started in like dentistry. I mean, like, yeah. did you get started there? And then just kind of like through word of mouth, you started working in all these different disciplines of uh, personal finance you know, and business um, finance. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, real estate in itself, I would say, is the most um, industry-specific specialization. Dentistry yep. has industry-specific items in, in practice, but not necessarily in finance. Because at the end of the day, they're just a business. They have income, they have expenses, um, and that's it. Whereas real estate has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of layers as far as partnerships and and, and um, you know, when partner is someone passes away in a partnership, you know, the asset has what they call a step up in basis that gets special allocated depreciation to the inheriting partner. Um, wow. It's, you know, <laughs> there's, there's so much complexity to that industry um, that, you know, I'd say real estate has a lot, a lot, a lot of specialization. And yeah. You know, and that is what I inherited in my practice is like this real estate industry specialization, like to an extreme. We have a cool. lot of really big real estate developer clients, a lot of really large real estate partnerships with a lot of members and, you know, a long history of time. And over time, partnerships get more complexity because of that attribute I just mentioned when, you know, new people buy in or people pass away. And so you have this layer and layer and layer and layer of ownership changes. 
Um, sometimes the partnership will buy the, the you know, a, a partner out. Um, so then all partners share in it versus just one person. So these things get terribly convoluted and complex. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and then you're also make maybe dealing with stuff from like 1945 and agreements that yeah. you know predate the internet. So like you have to track yeah. them all down and yeah. yeah, I mean, I know New York, New York city real estate is insane. I mean, a lot of the stuff yeah. I talk about with my clients is just like just the sheer amount of legal paperwork that has to get done yep. because of like, and then there's even like the negotiation of terms. And then they're like, well, if I'm going to pay this yep. much money, then you're going to handle this. And then like, yep. What a freaking nightmare. Yeah. Are you yeah. are you normally like a highly highly organized dot all your t's cross all your i's type of person? Like, does that work? Like, you know, it, it, you know, and, and from just the numbers, yes. Like from actual gotcha. financial numbers, yeah, like, like a shark. But if you walked in my office, you would realize that mine is the messiest <laughs> one. You know, I so was like, wondering <laughs> if Caitlin was gonna pop in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like from an organization, like from like the physical environment, yeah, people. Like my client files don't even come in my office. My, you know, other CPAs in my office know when there's a task on my um, to-do list that they, they keep the documents away from me and I just look it up digitally. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they keep them organized in their office. That's great. <laughs> work in progress. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if that's where Caitlin's um, catch-all job applies to. Yeah. <laughs> But I have to say, uh, being at other firms, it, it's a common trend among CPAs, I think. Yeah. Having and that a makes, that messy makes sense. I f yeah, I feel like it's kind of like a left brain, right brain type thing. Yeah. Um, well, is there any other things that you feel like our listeners should know going into tax season other than... Um, maybe hire a professional and look at your deadline for your state? Yeah, you know, I guess if I was going to bestow uh, individual listeners any further information, if you're looking for a new CPA, get a young one. Um, because mm. there's, uh, you know, a lot, if you looked at the amount of CPAs that are here in the United States practicing right now, I would say a vast majority of them are baby boomers. And there's going to be oh. this systemic transition and retirement. So the whole industry is going to take a, a new form over the next decade. So wow. if, if you're looking to build a relationship to work with someone, it's like a marriage and you want it to last for a lifetime. So try and grab someone that's, you know, approximately a similar age to you. Don't, don't go really and walk smart. into, yeah, yeah, no, because you can get hooked up with an older CPA and then four or six years down the road, you, you love them, but then they're going to retire, you know, and yeah, you, that's you know, you're really making a change at that point in time. And, and some people hate changing CPAs, you know, I, I, it's, so I, that's one thing I would say that's, you know, that's something that is occurring. That is something that is absolutely catapulting our trajectory and growth because a lot of clients are coming available or looking for a new CPA because, you know, their CPA is retiring or, you know, a lot of, you know, CPAs want to sell their practice and it's available to us. And so we work out a deal and we acquire. And so yeah. um, that's something that's like happening a lot across the board and will continue to happen. So if you're looking for a service provider, look for someone that's a little bit younger age. Don't, don't be awesome. afraid. I mean, everyone, every, all, all CPAs are really smart. They're an, they're an intelligent breed, just like yeah. all dentists are really good at what they do and they love what right. they do. Um, so so don't don't be bashful if you think someone's young they're they're unexperienced because that's not the case. Yeah. 
Great advice. That's great, man. That's great. great. Love it. Love it. Any other questions you have? Um, no, I feel like uh, let's let's laugh a little bit. Yeah. Shall we? <laughs> um, Corey, do you have anything that's I mean, on top of your mind of what made you laugh the most this week? Uh, I mean, yes. So I've been really into this idea of cryptocurrencies. And I mean, I just love reading about all things Bitcoin and Dogecoin and like all these other things. But I, I've been listening to, are you familiar with the comedian Andrew Schulz? Um, um, he does, I he's know. like one of, he's like one of Joe Rogan's buddies. He's a comedian, but he does this podcast Another called full circle. flagrant yeah. too, but he had this, he had this crypto guy on and he like basically did a really great job of explaining the blockchain and like what it is, yeah. but it was also like, it was, it was like, I was dying laughing cause the stuff they were bagging on each other and making fun of you. They were like calling each other fiats because of fiat currency. And like, <laughs> I just was laughing, but I was also like, this is like super informative and really funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to send you a link cause that podcast is hysterical. Um, okay, but they also yeah, had Alex, they had Alex, jo- they had Alex Jones on, which was just uh, he's, also he's super crazy. Oh God, yeah. he's, he's hysterical. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, that's what made me laugh the most is this podcast about cryptocurrency. <laughs> um, well, Shelly has definitely our foster dog has definitely given me lots of lots of laughs. Um, but I got my the first dose of the vaccine on Thursday, and I was talking to my mom about um, how she felt because we both got Pfizer and um, comparing like how she felt and how I felt. Um, which everyone, it seems like everyone is just experiencing um, the first and the second totally different. Um, but she's saying like, yeah, you know, I, I kind of had a headache, but I, you know, I was fine. And uh, Mike, her boyfriend, you know, experienced X, Y, Z. And then she said, oh, I can't really, like, I don't really remember what we did that day. And I went, mom, the vaccine gave you short-term memory loss. And she <laughs> laughed. And then we started making jokes about what the Fox News headline would be of don't get the vaccine. It's going to give you short-term memory loss. No, it's and- the microchip. They're, they're, they're swiping her brain. <laughs> and we just kept spiraling into more God. and more absurdness of what the vaccine is going to do oh, to you. Gosh. So funny. <laughs> and that definitely gave me funny and sad. <laughs> yeah. Because it's also kind of true. <laughs> Terrifying and sad. Oh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll go now. Um, yes. Our oldest son is three. So he, he makes us laugh a lot. Oh my God. <laughs> so so, just, so cute. just yesterday, I, uh, only had baby carrots and usually he likes to eat like a full-size regular carrot um and it's awesome because like he likes carrots but so i was like oh Everett, this is a special baby carrot and he looks at it and he goes no i want a mommy carrot and a daddy carrot because oh. <laughs> one of the bigger kind really cute. <laughs> that's how their brains work though that's so cute you told him this is a baby and he's like i know what babies are Oh, that's and I don't so want funny. a baby carrot. That's so cute. <laughs> there are so many videos that I have. Dude, your kids are freaking so cute. Dude. I can't. So silly. I don't know how you handle so it. Cute. I actually, when we we put this we class- just sit and stare at them all, like legit, all the time. We are constantly looking at your kids. They're so cute. <laughs> that reminds me of. The, I posted this video um, <laughs> with your permission. Of <laughs> 
of Everett just you had te- I think it was Roger that texted the family like group thread like look what Everett learned today and his pants are down at his ankles and he just falls face forward onto the floor and then gets back up and is like cool dude he's so funny what a silly boy yes I would, Roger, I would say yeah i would say um you know you talked about a netflix show earlier um and i just stumbled across i'm working you know a lot so sometimes i'll put a series or something to just kind of like be off in my distractive peripheral vision and be like zone in and out um here and there but i started watching this new show that said it was trending on netflix and it's called bad trip and oh. i heard about this you know, I'm 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 actually a tough sell when it comes to comedy and actually making me laugh out, like out loud when I'm watching a show. It's it's really seldom that that happens. Same. But I I was crying three to four times last oh, night wow. watching this show, legitimately crying. And I was texting <laughs> Caitlin. I knew she was asleep, you know, in bed with the kids. But I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this is the most <laughs> hilarious thing I've seen. Um, it, they, whoever did it, I don't know who directed it or whatever, but they did an incredible job. It was Bad so trip. funny. I gotta it's watch so it. funny. Watch it. Yeah, it's kind of like a jackass esque type of theme and because they they go into but like tamed down, not doing like the jackass stuff. Yeah. You know, so so, but it, it it puts people on camera that don't know they're on camera in these situations with these people improvise you know improvising oh it's it's eric it's eric andre it's so funny oh my god he is funny tiffany (laughs) haddish okay yeah we're definitely gonna watch this yeah (laughs) that is funny um did anyone do anything stupid or embarrassing i actually so we do this segment on our podcast because i think it's good to laugh at yourself when you do stupid or embarrassing things to kind of just knock your ego down a little bit and we all do it um but I don't, I don't get embarrassed that easy, but I did have an interaction that I felt my cheeks flush and I was like, oh gosh, this is awkward and I'm a little embarrassed. Um, when I went to go get the vaccine shot. Um, Bill Gates was the one giving you the shot? Yes, no. <laughs> um, uh, the woman who, the, like the nurse who was kind of checking me in was asking me questions and I'm eligible because I teach at a school and then she was asking me a couple of other questions and then she asked me, are you pregnant or could you be pregnant? And mind you, she was also very short and grumpy. And I know we all have bad days and I'm not going to like judge her on that, but she's a frontline worker. She's probably having yeah, a bad day. Yeah. yeah. She, she was a little short and grumpy with me and like not making eye contact. And, um, when she asked me, are you pregnant or could you be pregnant? I said, well, I don't know. And she looked at me like, you idiot, it's a yes or no question. And she asked it again, like, are you pregnant or could you be pregnant? What I don't understand, yes or no. And I said, well, I don't know. I'm trying and I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I could be pregnant, but it's too early to know. Because and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then she kind of like did a double take and like looked at me like, uh. Uh, like she didn't really know what to say and then I didn't know what to say and then I felt my cheeks getting flushed and it was just a very awkward (laughs) like very awkward interaction and I all this I just kept saying I I don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's funny 
Yeah, and I had a red, like my mask was red, and I was like, ugh, I bet my cheeks are the same yes. <laughs> yeah. color as my mask. One of the times that you're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm wearing a wet mask right now. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyone else feel embarrassed or do anything stupid? I mean, I'll keep going with the crypto thing. Like, someone asked me the other day in my office, like, what what the blockchain was and me trying to explain it was so inefficient and inadequate that four people were like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. You made no sense. Like, but I was like so confident that I had it down, but like me trying to explain the blockchain just was not going over well. So I just got all these people that were like, you sound really dumb. So that's about as, as embarrassed as I got last week. Anyone else? you know, I don't, I don't think I have anything to, I was trying to think about an idea, but you know, I, I just can't come up with a good example right now. I don't have anything. I'm sure Caitlin's got <laughs> yeah, an embarrassing say, moment for you. Caitlin, has Roger done anything stupid recently? <laughs> no, no, we're just, we're just hunkered down during tax season and yeah, I know right. I don't really interact with that many people, so I don't have oh, yeah. like anything. <laughs> to be embarrassed about no no yeah no opportunities more, to more i'm just like uh i mean like this podcast making sure i know how to have a conversation still you know <laughs> <laughs> during yeah. your home, home dude it's two little ones <laughs> it's really you know i'm very grateful that we do get even over zoom it's just nice to connect with people and like realize that like oh my conversational skills are still i can still do this because so, there was a minute there where i was like how do i even do my job like what is I yeah. just is like I, yeah everyone's at home like bunkered like bunkered in so yeah well we appreciate your wonderful conversation <laughs> you guys did a great job you yes. can still chat it's awesome <laughs> if people want to um find out more about your company uh any social anything you guys have coming up like please this is your time to like let everybody know where they can find you yeah, well, our uh, website is Um And if you ever have a question, Roger's always happy to talk to people. Um, Roger, do you care if I say your email address? Go for it. Okay, he's <laughs> Roger at tabcpa.com. So if you ever have any a social question, media accounts for the company? Yes, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're Bilarski Bebout CPAs on Instagram. Cool. Um, same we'll put with a link Facebook. In the I will yeah. link all, all of this stuff. Awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully here in the future, we're going to be building out a YouTube channel so people can get some more insight from a CPA on whatever the latest hot topics are. Um, cool. So stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're we're focused on making good information, but really short and sweet because I know it can get really boring really fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a whole it's a whole nother language in itself. <laughs> so it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, guys. Yeah. I can't wait to see what you come up with. Well, thank you both for being on the pod and uh, answering our questions and getting nerdy with us. Love it. <laughs> Thanks thank for you. having us, guys. All right. Yeah. Um, we love you, and you don't have to hang up, but we're going to end the podcast. Um, and usually we all say, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. bye. I'm stealing conversation. It's about to go down. I'm feeling your vibrations all the way across town. I'm
Somewhere quiet we can go